it's not calculated in terms of cost mm. unless somebody dies. But how do you put cost to my ability to go out and just breathe clean air? Welcome to Climate Curious. We're coming to you live from TED Countdown, which is TED's climate summit. Now, we all know that TED is normally about sparking curiosity, ideas, even inspiration. But sometimes an issue requires more than that. And climate change is just that issue. So TED Countdown is all about impact. It's all about action. Right. And we've had an amazing opportunity to speak with some of the world leaders in the climate movement. So this season of the podcast is going to be intense and it's going to be amazing. There are going to be some moments of silence, some... Moments of awe, definitely some laughter and some unexpected climate confessions. Some things that you've definitely never heard before. <laughs> it's a good season. It's a good season. So let's let's get started. So Ben and I have been here at TED Countdown um, in Edinburgh for the week and you know, it's not gone unnoticed that we have been doing this in what is still the midst of a global pandemic. Right. Um, it is, yeah, like by far the, the most human interaction I've had in two years. Um, and I think that there is a fo- the, the conference focused on climate change, but t- today's speaker brings up a really interesting perspective. And I think it was one of our standout talks. So Ben, Anything you want to say? Should we jump into it? Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Okay. So, um, thank you for joining us. Today we're joined by Shweta Narayan. Would you give us a few... Just tell us who you are for the people who have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet. So, hi everyone. Um, I'm Shweta Narayan. I am a climate and health campaigner with Healthcare Without Harm. It's a non-profit. Uh, works with the health sector, but most importantly, bringing the health messaging to the forefront of climate solutions, environmental solutions, that sort of the intersection of environment, health, and justice. Mm. I come from the Global South, I come from India. I, I have been in the space for almost 20 years now, wow. and I'm a trained social worker okay. with a specialization in criminology and correctional <coughs> administration. Wow. So it's a completely, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I it's not a different, Background, but it's just that I'm applying this, the the training in criminology and looking at environmental crimes, and sort of building interventions from there, right. and working with communities on the ground, the most marginalized, the most affected, and sort of taking their voices up to the policy makers, mm-hmm. to the decision makers. And you've made sure that you've got something to do after the crisis is solved. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And you said something in your talk, and I wanted us to dig into it. You said the climate crisis is a health crisis. For people who have never thought about it that way, can you tell us how you arrived at that conclusion? Well, see, that's that's the thing. And I want to take a step back because every time we talk about everything else on this planet, the inherent assumption, of course, and I'm, 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 and this is my assumption, that everybody thinks of health, but it's just so assumed that it's never on the forefront. Mm. And, and, and by default, it gets missed out. I mean, when we talk about clean air, when we talk, talk about food, nutritious food, when we talk about general well-being, we're talking about health, right? Like, what is your metric of measurement? Mm. Clean air for whom? For our children, for their 
prosperity from their they, they can breathe clean they can be healthy right but unfortunately in the entire spectrum of com communication health is never mentioned and i think it's important for it to be mentioned because that's one way you can measure success mm, mm. if your policies are right your people are going to be healthy mm. Mm. so climate so so if if we are going downhill <coughs> how do you know we are going downhill we are becoming sick right we are becoming unhealthy so the climate crisis is a health crisis mm. it it translates into what you breathe what you eat what you drink where you are where you fall self and this is this is important right because this is i think something that we've discussed a couple of times now on the podcast which is the way that you frame whatever narrative it is around climate is really important and i think for so long i know for me growing up that the climate crisis was about polar bears and was about yes. do you know what i mean it's about yes, animals yes. and and extinction and protecting animals protecting the planet the coals dying like this is really bad what are we going to do about the oceans what are we going to do about the fishes and humans and health have never been like the when you started talking i thought you were talking about hippopotamuses right like <laughs> i heard the hippo and i was like oh yeah she's talking about hippos like <laughs> and, and hippos are important so maybe this will be really interesting we've heard loads of interesting stuff about animals but i love the fact that that the framing here when we're talking about health is directly related to the impact on on us right because otherwise well, there's loads of other stuff to talk about, but otherwise, what are we really talking about? Yes, absolutely. And, and yes, the framing of reference is it's so important. And that's what I said, that when it's all assumed, yeah. it's all assumed in all our conversations and our policies, but it's never said. And I think it's important to say it, to hear it and to normalize it mm -hmm. because our health concern is so personal and so serious. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, making those connections that this is not happening somewhere in abstract, this is happening to us, our bodies, our children, our, our loved ones, mm -hmm. is so important. And given that I talk, I, uh, my talk was on health, and I have tried to bring the perspective of ancient wisdom in health. Mm -hmm. So um, starting with the Greek physician Hippocrates, mm -hmm. and he had written extensively about health and the the job of the healers the physicians and that's how we have seen health as healing mm. in the f in 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 fifth century bc mm. and he's written about the physicians and what they can do and his whole opinion or perspective is that we can do two things as physicians either we do good mm -hmm. or we do no harm mm -hmm. and the principle of do no harm is actually what has formed the hippocratic oath right which he has sort of modeled which even today so it's mandatory for physicians to take that oath yeah. to protect their patients yeah you know in in that oath and when you become a physician your focus is always on your patient and the patient's like best interest yeah so you either do good to your patients mm -hmm. or you try not to harm your patients and it's it's a balance it's it's it's, it's always a conflict and there's a lot of debate about it but the fact is that it's one of the oldest and most widely known codes of ethics. Mm. And if we sort of remind ourselves of that, not just within the health fraternity, but we take it to the larger uh, spectrum of people and businesses and policymakers, I think there is a lesson there. 
that we have to first do no harm mm. and that that comes back to equity justice mm. solutions yeah. you know you solutions could be super cool but it's harming somebody mm. i think we need to do more so there you go amazing and nothing about hippos imagine one of the things you said when you introduced yourself is that you're from the global south which is you know as we have heard at this conference as we've heard discussions as we talk about it's just not uh, a place we go to enough for leadership, right? Because all the we don't listen to our global South leaders is basically what it is, right? Mm. And they've been telling us that stuff is bad and wrong for a long time. When you look at how this health and climate crisis is manifesting where you are, what does it look like for everyday people? Bad, really <laughs> bad. Right. And um, in some ways, a message to the whole world. Mm how bad it could be yeah. and how close it is to us. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, again, it's not happening in some geography somewhere else. It's happening everywhere and now people are beginning to feel it, mm. starting in 2021 with the floodings that happened in Germany mm. or the forest fires that happened in Siberia. It's happening everywhere. And <coughs> unfortunately, for decades, the Global South has been screaming and saying, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's happened to us, it's gonna happen to everyone listen and act mm. and unfortunately that's not happened yeah yeah but because when we when we think of when we hear about floods and wildfires and extreme weather and hurricanes i don't know i've been thinking about this a lot we talk about property damage yes the only time that it, people damage is if someone's dying which yeah. makes, okay i get it like we have to we, we say that but what about like the smoke you know, working with colleagues from California who can't go outside. Right. I just feel like we, the true damage to our health and our well-being of these extreme weather events, as an example, is never really, I guess it's not talked about because it's not known. It is known. Again, it's, it's, it's not calculated in terms of cost mm. unless somebody dies. But how do you put cost to my ability to go out? and just breathe clean air. Yeah. What's the cost of that? Yeah. It's the joy that you feel to be in a forest. Yeah. Can you put a number to that? Yeah, the intangible value of it. Yes, yeah. and, and I mean, that's the ecosystem services that we get, which we take for granted yeah. and never measure. And, and, and the, the way we think right now is what we can measure, what we can count. Yes. And these are things that sort of so beyond, this is what you feel, this is what makes us human. Mm. And we're not cost, counting that, that cost. I don't think we can ever count that cost, but there has to be a separate system, a se separate yeah. way to measure that in a, in a way that it makes sense. Yeah, like even if we can't count it, we have to value it, and we totally. don't value it. Totally. And surely to some extent we can count something, right? Because we, like, we do know that people who live in areas with clean air are healthier and have longer life mm -hmm. expectancy. Mm -hmm. Like there are small things that are like very clear, very, very clear indicators yes. that if we take care of the environment that we live in, it will be better for us. And if Absolutely. we don't, it will be bad. And like you say, like unfortunately for people who are on the margins and on the margins of the margins, like the most marginalized mm -hmm. people suffer that the most. Yeah. And I mean, one, one way to count uh, or, or just sort of like put uh, a frame of reference is about children and you will see children living in cleaner environment are not only healthier they're smarter mm. uh, right. as opposed and, and that's the double whammy of 
being marginalized, so children from poor community, mm -hmm. from uh, uh, communities, people of color, are not just disempowered because they live in poverty, but that poverty is again, like, you know, making a vicious cycle, making them undernourished, making them uh, not that smart, not because they don't have the talent, it's just that your environment is having, I mean, po poor air quality has a direct impact on your IQ levels. Mm -hmm. The toxins that you lead, that is there in your water, in your air, is making you intellectually poorer. <coughs> by no, no fault of yours. You said this in your talk, there's a deep connection between yes. people and planet. I, I want to unpack this a bit with you because I, I actually don't think we talk about this enough. Mm -hmm. How do you see that connection? Like, like, explain that to someone who maybe hasn't thought of that connection before. Well, scientifically speaking, and I'm not a bad scientist, but that there's a very clear connection between the degrading ecosystem, the deforestation, and the jumping of zoonotic diseases from animals to humans. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's scientifically, I mean, that's science. Mm -hmm. And it's for us to understand and accept. Mm -hmm. But it, it, even in different geographies, the, one of the reasons why we are having so many conflicts mm -hmm. and we are having extreme situations of weather events or climate events is because that balance is, is destroyed. Right. And uh, that means more disease, that means lack of resources, that, that means more social instability, that means social insecurity. And it comes back to manifest in different forms of health problems. Mm. So COVID is one kind of it. Yes. We don't know what future holds if we don't course correct now. And and, and and if we if, and that's why there's so much of emphasis on building back better and healthier because if we go back to the old systems then it's not COVID it would be something else in the next five years and I, sh I, I shudder to think what it would be. Yeah yeah because I think you know I had this real hope <laughs> it's a very naive hope I had this real hope at the beginning of the pandemic that it might and it might still Right, but it might equip us with the tools we need to collaborate mm -hmm. globally, because if you think about it, the pandemic pales in comparison to the climate crisis mm -hmm. in terms of impacts on lives, <coughs> and and yet we see the, you know, unequal distribution of vaccines. Like yeah. it's been said time and time again, even in this conference, that people haven't been able to come because they haven't been able to get the right testing or the right vaccines mm -hmm. or whatever it is. There is never someone from like America, you know. It's it is always from the global south. Yes. Um, so I just I, I had this I had this desire to be a, a teach a learnable moment for humanity. I don't know if it has been. Well, it has not, but it has actually shown us all the problems. In a, I mean, problems from the perspective of the dangers, the crisis itself with COVID, and problems and solutions. Mm. At least. Not that it's a great thing, but what we have learned with COVID, that if we were to apply the same way, the way we have tackled COVID with, with inequity and with injustice, unfortunately, that is, if, and that's what our frame of reference for tackling climate crisis is, we are like screwed. Yeah. yeah. Let's just, just put it that, that way. Because what we have, unfortunately, our leadership has not been able to understand that 
this problem, and, and this again speaks to the interconnectedness. You know, it's not enough just to vaccinate somebody in the UK mm -hmm. or in the US mm -hmm. because the virus is there and the virus is not going to come and say, oh, you're from UK, so I'm not going it's, <laughs> it's to... It's, it's that, that's how pollutants travel. Yes. That's how... That's the system. They, uh, there's no discrimination there's, in that. Yeah. Nature does not discriminate. I yeah. mean, it'll come to you. I mean, it, poor people will come first <laughs> yeah. in life defense yeah. and then the rich people will also come yeah. yeah but the nature nature doesn't care about and that's what we have to recognize yeah. Yeah. this is the moment to understand that there's a great saying i heard recently that i absolutely love because you know at the beginning everyone was like oh we're not all in the same boat we're in the same ocean yes and that for me was very powerful yes you know because yes that is the thing is we are all in the same context but the resource we have to deal with it and the resilience that we have but it doesn't mean it's not going to affect you in the end it will affect you and, and the unfortunate part and that's what we're trying to stop is that the poor cannot become our shield mm. in protecting right we cannot that's wrong yeah and that's why in tackling with climate crisis equity and justice has to be at the center of it right. mm. and one way to bring in equity and justice is from the reference of health Mm. And that's why health with equity and justice has to be at the center of all our solutions. Right. When I agree with you, Ben agrees with you, I have words for people who don't agree with you, right? Too bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, when you come up against opposition, when people say, look, we don't, like, we don't have time. Health, equity, justice, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that after we do this. What's your response to that? Unacceptable. I mean... We were not equitable and we did not think in justice and that has, that has brought us to where we are. Yeah. So, I mean, how can your solutions be fueled by the same principles that got us in this mess? Yeah. It is, it is I mean, it's, it, no. Because that's part of the, again, I love the word framing, right? But mm -hmm. that's part of the framing as well, is it's people versus planning. And, and we can save the planet and it will, but actually people have caused it. Like it's it's the and obviously there's natural phenomena that happen and there's things that like the earth is doing what it's doing regardless of us and whether we're here yes. or not. But without those systems of, of oppression and injustice that have created this situation, we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So I like that you're saying in, in in order to resolve that, we have to it's so intrinsically tied together, right? We have to undo that for it yes. to be fixed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I I think just to start with the humility and what you just said that the earth will do what it's doing mm -hmm. earth does not need, need saving mm -hmm. it's been here for <laughs> she's been here time. for much much <laughs> yes. much we are a blip yeah as a human civilization we are a blip yeah, yeah. like a bad cold for the earth <laughs> well, yeah. you know, that's how probably she's seeing us as yeah. right but if we have to survive then all of us have to survive because right. all of us are in here together mm. and we need to the sooner we respect and recognize that, the sooner we might be able to figure a way to survive mm. and extend that blip. Mm. But no, I mean, I, I think personally it's, it's, it's unacceptable. If we are all going down, then let's all go down together. Yeah. Unfortunate, <coughs> pessimistic thinking, mm -mm. but that's it. Yeah. And if we're all going to survive, all we have to survive together. together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no one should be left behind. Yeah. Right, so Mariam, I've been thinking, how did we start this podcast? That's a great question. So at TEDx London, we're all about ideas worth spreading. 
We've explored everything from gender and borders to technology and design at our events. We've been doing this for five years. And in that journey, City has been our headline partner and they've been with us every step of the way. But when it came to the climate crisis, we needed a new format. We wanted to break out of the red circle, to speak directly to the climate leaders, to ask questions and to be curious. And as always, City was there with us, supporting our vision, encouraging us to be courageous and adventurous with our ideas. So thank you, City, for making this podcast and all of our work possible. For the love of ideas, for the love of curiosity, for the love of progress. City. Now back to the show. Could you imagine, I was thinking about this the other day, um, I was thinking like, imagine we, we get this right. Imagine we solve this, right? Solve it. I mean, imagine we starve, like stave off the worst consequences of the climate crisis. But we do it in a way where in a hundred years, people look back and they say, I mean, yeah, they stopped climate catastrophe, but they had an opportunity to also deal with all the inequality they just chose not to. Right. Could you imagine like people looking back and being like, what idiots? There won't be people. No. <laughs> so they look yeah. back. Right, right. Because they won't be. Is that what you're saying? It's not it's possible. possible. It's not possible. Yeah. As I said, yeah. if that were the situation, we wouldn't be in this mess. Mm. So it's not possible. So the only way that we look back and say we got this yeah. is that we have all our friends together. Everybody was together in this. Yeah. I don't think enough people understand that. I don't think enough people really truly understand that if we don't do this justly and equitably we don't do it at all yeah it's not going to happen at all so it's not like it's not left for us i mean we'll try to strive we'll do something here or there everywhere but unfortunate i mean i'm, I'm really sorry i don't want to come across i'm, I'm very no. optimistic i'm not a cynical person but that's that's the unfortunate reality and and i think we owe it for everybody to know this yeah yeah i mean we can't like bank on something that will come and save us we need to know what the boundaries are, what we are up against, and then we need to work together right. to make this right. And and I think you, you say that you're not you're an optimistic person, you're not a pessimist, but there's a reality, right? That like we like even now, I can feel myself in my thinking being like, yeah, but we're safe in the UK. Like, that, like <laughs> it is going to be bad, but it won't be that bad here. Like, it's not like there's going to be tornadoes and earthquakes and right. hurricanes. And but then we're, we're seeing now in real time, it's everywhere. There is, that no one's escaping, right? Like, no one's getting away. And I think that message is really, really important because <laughs> we pretended for so long that it's just them over there. And, and there is now no them over there, it's us. We're all here together and it's win or lose, right? So in context of UK, mm. it's not going to be the hurricanes and the tornadoes probably, mm -hmm. but the heat right? and the heat waves. Yeah. And there was this article that came out in Nature magazine about a couple of months ago, which has predicted that if we go the way we are going, business as usual, by the end of the century, there would be 70 million additional deaths because of heat alone. Forget about flooding, forget about everything yeah. else, just the heat. Yeah. yeah? So. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think that that is like, I hope that this year has actually, with the extreme weather, has started to wake people up a little bit. Because I, I do think that we, whether we were willing to admit it or not, sitting in the global north, 
we all, those of us, even those of us who are campaigning for equity and justice and want to listen to the voices of global South leaders, all of us who are saying the right things and they're super woke, we all had that thought in the back of our heads. Well, but it's not really me. It's not really, I'm not really campaigning for my life or my livelihood or my world. But actually, I mean, maybe young people actually were not thinking that way. Maybe it's just those of us who are a bit older. But I think admitting that to yourself and realizing that that was wrong because yeah. actually, and it's sad mm -hmm. that we can only care when it affects us. Yes. You know, um, but the thing is, it does affect us. So yes. It's no longer like that hypothetical. That's what I'm, I'm very much taking away from this conference is, is I knew that, but I now, I know, I knew it here. I'm in your brain, head. yeah. <laughs> but now I kind of feel it in my body. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, and and that could be a moment for all of us to feel collectively resolved and inspired, and that's where right. we don't go down the drain of like there's nothing that's possible mm -hmm. and yeah. get cynical and continue with what we're doing, mm -hmm. but use this moment to get the strength from each other because it's it's impossible to individually and I feel that challenge all the time like where do you get that strength to go on and carry on yeah and the fact that there are people who are thinking alike mm. and they're somewhere and they are trying is strength enough so encouraging yeah I just I want to say thank you for having this conversation with us mm -hmm. thank you I um I think it's so important and now it's time for our climate confessions. Let's fess up to the bad habits we just can't kick. Okay, quick refresher, Ben. Right, okay, so we want to know if there's anything that you're doing <laughs> that's maybe not amazing, um, that you could be doing better, um, just just because you're, you're real, right? You're human and you're here. So what's the deal? What's going on with you? <laughs> okay, the two things, actually. So one, I'm sort of, I'm, okay, this is confession time, so I can't oh, yeah. right? yeah. yeah. your voice has changed so much. Judges, right? like nobody <laughs> judges, I'm, I'm addicted to electronics. <gasps> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I've, I've tried so hard, like, I, I need to get, I mean, I'm, I'm trying very hard not to, so I've not upgraded my phone, so that's mm -hmm. my first step, but, um, you have a love, you have a love for them. I have a love for them. I, yeah. I love online stuff. Not shopping, but just like window shopping online. Yeah. Right? But that's time. That's like energy. That's that's a lot of like things that's destroying the planet. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're just like doing and you don't think that there's a consequence, but there's a consequence and no, I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying really, really, really hard to de-addict myself, but it's tough. But the new iPhone is coming out. I'm, I'm a, I'm oh, you're a Google I'm, I'm person. Google no problem. Right, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's you know it's and, and and corporations make it so easy for you, right? Yeah, I mean it's, it's a, there's a reason it's addictive. Yes, and so I'm 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 sort of battling that. Okay. And the other thing I'm battling, which is staying healthy mentally, mm. it is such a like certain days it's it's so hard. But again, I'm trying, and I'm trying to stay positive, and I have four dogs at home, mm, so. That is a solution. That's the solution, that's the right. solution. So, yeah, but I was, you know, I was, in, it's interesting you mentioned that, because I was thinking, you know, um, given that you work on like healthcare without harm, and, and this, that like, whether mental health yes. plays into what you do. 
absolutely absolutely and it's it's you know we are at this place where we 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 meet with a lot of frontline health workers and we get a lot of these stories mm. of mostly uh, just crisis and desperation and 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 struggle and you have to process all of that and you have to make sure that that story is told mm. to the people who are listening and who have the power to make that different mm. but in the process it takes a toll on your mental health mm. and 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 it's it's a battle yeah so Yes, that's that's my confession number two. I gave you two confessions. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And made them more pointed, like to fight, to keep fighting, which is, a, and this is going to be a really long fight. You yes. have to take care of yourself mentally or you won't last. Get no, some not dogs. at all. I get some dogs. Get some dogs. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Totally. We are on board with that. Yeah. That is aligned <laughs> with our values. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for joining us. Um, everyone go watch your talk and we'll catch you in the next episode. Stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe and share this episode with a curious friend. It makes us possible to keep making this amazing content for you. Oh, and slide into our DMs at TEDx London and let us know which climate extraordinaires you'd love to hear from next time. Oh, and don't leave yet. We wanted to tell you a bit more about who made this podcast possible. Yeah, we did. TEDx London's headline partner, City, has been supporting us for the past five years to bring world-changing ideas to the TEDx London stage. And now they're taking it to the next level by making this podcast possible. Thanks, City. But wait, that is not all. No, this podcast was produced by the amazing Josie Coulter. Curation and research by the genius Tara Cooper. Artwork designed by the visionaries that are Sabrina Russo and Rebecca Mingus. Mixed and engineered by the iconic Ben Beheshti, a.k.a. The Falcon, who also composed our banging theme tune. Presented by me, Marion Pasha. And by me, Ben Hurst. Stay curious.